Well, today we're kicking off this series with, if God's so good, then why so many rules? Do you grow up with rules? Uh, here's my belief. I believe that most people in our culture are not really rejecting God. Many people who look like maybe they're rejecting God are actually rejecting the people who are telling them about God, or they're rejecting the version of God that they've heard through other people. Anybody feel that today or understand that? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of people that are like that. And I know for me, uh, growing up in church, you know, I wanted to be a Christian. I wanted to serve God. I believed that there was a God. At a very young age, I asked him to be my Lord and Savior. But even with that, uh, I struggled with Christians. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I struggled with some people who appeared to be uh, boring, you know, or they appeared sad, like, you know, that, that serving Jesus was just a, 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 you know, ball and chain. It was just a, an effort to have to live for God and a struggle every day. And uh, people who were perhaps even narrow-minded, uh, who, you know, thought, well, because I say so or because it's this way. And I, even people who were uh, perhaps you've run into maybe one or two of these judgmental people who were kind of holier than thou and would look down their uh, ecclesiastical nose and uh, you know make judgment on other people and other families and things like that. And I even bumped into a few people who were flat-out hypocrites uh, who would say the right things, but they weren't living the right things. And, and so uh, through all of that, I think it, it, gets, it gets confusing, doesn't it? Uh, sometimes, you know, we want what Jesus has to offer. And, and when I read about Jesus, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever done this, but you really ought to do it. Read about Jesus on your own. Don't just take what grandma said or somebody else said about Jesus. You, you should read about Jesus on your own. Because here's what tripped me out when I read about Jesus. He seemed like fun. You know, he, he seemed like a person you would want to be around. A, a person who, uh, you know, brought joy to your life. And, and so when, when I read about Jesus, and then I saw all the rules that seemed like people had for me and had for others, uh, it seemed a, a little confusing. And some of that was, quite honestly, because the faith that I was reared in uh, had holiness roots. And I don't know if that makes any sense to some of you, but holiness is about what you don't do. And it was almost like, you know, you need to be known for what you don't do. Not now so much for what you do or do do. Well, that's not good, is it? Uh, but what you do uh, rather than what you don't do. 
And so, uh, but often it seemed like, well, we don't do that, and we don't do this, and we don't do this. And so it's easy, I think, for people under that cloud of influence to think that, well, God's not much fun. He's kind of a killjoy God. And again, when you read the Bible, uh, you don't find Jesus fitting that description. And so I think what's happened in our culture, there are many people who are not rejecting Jesus. They're just rejecting the Jesus they've seen in other people. They're rejecting the image or the representation of Jesus that they've been presented with. And so today, I want us to look at this. And I think it'll help us all. Uh, Even if you've been saved for a long time, uh, you may not understand just how awesome it is to be saved, to be rescued, to be redeemed, to be one of the ones whom Jesus has uh, given life to, and we believe life to the full around here, John 10, 10 tells us. And, and so uh, perhaps today uh, you might even get a little excited. Is that okay if you get a little excited in church? Is it okay if you get a little emotional, maybe a little, little excited? And, and so today for some of you that may happen. And for others, I hope, I pray, I, I've been praying all week for this, that, that some of you the light would come on. And, and that the fog would be lifted and that the perhaps representation of Jesus that you've rejected would fade away and the real Jesus of whom he really is would be someone you would want to accept uh, into your life and you would see the, the fullness of life that he came to bring. So if you want to follow along in your notes Uh, Go ahead and open those up. The bad news about religion, we're going to look at this first. There's bad news about religion, and that is religion focuses on the outside rather than the inside. It focuses on the outside. In other words, again, it's what you don't do or what you wear or don't wear or the way you look or don't look things like that. And Jesus had some pretty direct words uh, to offer to folks who tried to push this agenda onto people back in his day. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 23, and we're going to look at Jesus' encounter with some folks who tried to put a bunch of rules on people. And Um, Jesus had some very direct encounters with these folks. And as a matter of fact, some of Jesus' sharpest and most pointed words were directed to this group of people. Because this group of people were called Pharisees. And these were folks who would go around kind of looking down their ecclesiastical nose, so to speak, at other people saying things like, don't you wish you were me, you know? Don't you wish you were like me? Uh, Don't you wish you were holy? And you should be more holy, and what are you doing? And they would try to catch people doing things that weren't 
uh, according to the rules. And then when they did, they would call them into account, embarrass them publicly, all kinds of things like that. So let's look at Matthew chapter 23, verse 25. If you don't have a Bible, it's on the screen. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Now there, there's pretty well calling people out, isn't it? Uh, you hypocrites. And here's why. Uh, he just called them out. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Now, he's not talking about having somebody over for dinner, is he? Uh, you know, because if I come over for dinner, I'm hoping the cup's clean inside and outside. You know what I'm saying? How many are for that? You know, if you're going to have me over, don't just clean one side uh, 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 of the cup. But Jesus says, here's what happens in the analogy, is when you clean the inside of your life first, it flows out to the outside. How many would agree with that? That, that you didn't even know you were going to change. You, you didn't even know. You, you can't even hardly recognize you now. 20 years later or 15 years later, maybe even five years later, and, and people around you even still are like, wow, you're just so different, you know, than when we were in high school. You know, you're just so different than the college days, you know. You're just, it's, it's just amazing, you know, to talk to you now because something happened on the inside of you. You invited the power of God into your life. And and he started working on the inside. And the next thing you know, and maybe you didn't even know it so much, but people pointed it out to you, there was change on the outside. Anybody with me on that? That, that God began a work in you, and it started showing up outside of you. Anybody have that happen? All right. So here's what Jesus says is, you know, you got all these rules, and you're you know, and they had big rules. They even put, tried to put them on Jesus. So, you know, you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. Even healing people, you know, helping people. Uh, religion tries to close the gap between us and God with human effort. And the Pharisees came along and they had all these long prayers, uh, said all the right things out in public, but in the meantime, behind the scenes, ripped off widows and, and put rules on people that they couldn't even keep themselves. And religion is about do's and don'ts. It's about rituals and rules. And back in the time of the nation of Israel, as they were going along, uh, there came a, a time where they went into captivity and the temple was destroyed and they had no access to the temple. And so they started rewriting the rules. And they started coming up with all these different rules that, well, this will help us, you know, to, to stay true to our Jewish faith even though we're not in the homeland. And, and so what they did, they came up with, listen to this, 600 man-made laws. 600 man-made laws to keep 
the laws of Moses. And these were like fence laws, if you've ever heard of fence laws, where, you know, we put these posts around, we'll put this fence around, and it'll protect our property. And, and so what they were doing is they were protecting the Bible. And, and what they began to say is, you know, uh, I know there's like 60 things that we've said about the Sabbath, but then they'd sit around and say, maybe there's 61 things that ought to be said. Or 62. And, and so we just have these kind of conversations. And, and so then they take, you know, where God said, don't take that, that uh, lamb and, and cook it this way. And, and don't prepare the goat this way. And don't do the. And they would say, well, you know what? Uh, you shouldn't even eat goat. Or you shouldn't eat uh, lamb. Or you shouldn't eat this or this or that. And they'd just start tightening up these rules to where it, it didn't even fit why God was at the beginning saying, don't cook it in its mother's milk because that's what heathen people do. And I don't want you to be like them. And so it, what happened is, in essence, is over time, it just kind of lost its meaning. You know, it's, it's kind of like uh, when the girl got married and she wanted to make a ham dinner for her husband and so she gets in the kitchen, she cuts off both ends of the ham, puts it into the baking dish, and puts it in the oven. And her husband says, you know, hey, honey, uh, why did you cut both ends off the ham? And she says, well, I don't know. I just always saw mom do it. And so she calls mom and says, mom, you know, I'm getting ready to cook ham dinner for the first time for my husband. And he asked me a question. I didn't know how to answer it. Why did you cut both ends off the ham before you baked it? She says, well, I don't know. Grandma always did that. And so they called Grandma and said, Grandma, I'm getting ready to cook this ham dinner for my husband. And he asked me why I cut both ends off the ham. Mom didn't know. Why did you do that? She says, oh, that's because I never had a pan big enough. Sometimes you just lose the meaning, you know? You just lose what it's even all about. And all these, all these rules got compiled together in the third century, and it was called the Mishnah. Everybody say Mishnah. All right, so the Mishnah was like 800 pages long, and you were supposed to follow all 800 pages and if you didn't, then you were in violation and, and you weren't in, in good standing with God, essentially. Now, look at what Jesus says about this in Matthew chapter 23, verse 3. It says, don't follow the example of the Pharisees, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. In other words, they're laying all these rules on people, but they're not going around lifting people. They're not going around helping people. You know, and what did Jesus say? He says, if you want to follow me, love God and love people. Just real simple. And he says, and they're not even doing that. They've got these unbearable. How many know 800 pages of rules is unbearable? Uh, I, I, how many, you know, you want to join the church today? 
here's the book, you know, 800 pages long. Just fulfill that, do that, live by that 24-7, and guess what? You can be a member of this church. Yeah, how many sign up for that? Sign me up, right? Let, let me add it. Well, the good news about Jesus, let's look at the good news about Jesus. Here's what Romans chapter 3, and I love this passage, in, in Romans chapter 3, verse 20, here's what it says. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and prophets testify. This righteousness is given through what? Faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Now, Paul, the apostle, was a person who was a Pharisee who wrote this. That's what's so incredible about this. It is there's a guy who was a Pharisee who was big on you've got to do these 800 pages, you know, you've got to fulfill these 600 plus rules, and until you do that, you're just not right. And and so he just would go around, you know, looking, checking out people that that weren't doing that. And then all of a sudden, his life gets interrupted by grace and mercy and the love of God. And out of the good news of Jesus, he not only is transformed. Remember what we said about the inside out? Paul begins to be changed from the inside out. And he begins to preach this gospel. And here's what he preached is the first thing to write down is you cannot earn God's acceptance by obeying the law. You can't obtain God's acceptance by obeying the law. Religion says if you want to please God, do it by your works. And your works will please him. So in other words, when you do bad, God's not looking at you in a good way. So to gain God's approval, you need to do this. And, and so we come up with rules like, well, you got to go to church. But you can't just go to any church. you got to go to my church, right? You know, because my church is the right church. And, and so and you got to be a good person. You can't do bad things. And you got to be baptized. And you got to be baptized the way we say that you got to be baptized. And you've got to read the Bible, and you need to read the version of the Bible that we say you ought to read. How many? That sounds a little too familiar, perhaps. And so you know, it's all about, again, what you don't do. You know, I heard it said one time you, know, you don't smoke, you don't chew, you don't drink, you don't go with girls who do. You know, something like that. And so, you know, you, you, don't, you don't do those things. And when you don't do those things, now you can be accepted by God. But look at what it said in Romans 3.20. Let's look at that again. Here's what it says. Therefore, no one, everybody say no one. No one will be declared righteous in God's sight by works of the law. No one. 
So in other words, if you think, well, you know, I think if your good outweighs your bad, well, you don't have to worry about that. Because no one will be declared righteous by what you've done. It's not going to be by what you've done that you're declared righteous. And Paul, who tried to do everything right, is the one saying this. He's like, hey, guys, I've already done there, done it. You know, I already had the 800-page book, okay? I already had the over 600 rules. I've already been there, done that. And guess what? That's not the way it works. That's not the way to get accepted by God. He says, take it from me, a person who's tried to do it that way, that God doesn't accept you because of your works. How many know that's good news for you? Right? It is good news for you. Okay, all you who didn't clap and you just were polishing your halo right now, uh, that's okay. But, but all of us, right? All of us are in deep trouble. We're in that doo-doo, right? Uh, if, if we have to do it on our own, and, and, and it's what we don't do, and all of those 800 pages, those over 600 rules, Paul says that is not what gets it done. And here's the second thing to write down, is the purpose of the law. So why do we have the Bible? Why do we have the law? It's to show you your need of a Savior. That's what it points out to. Here's what the second part of that verse says in verse 20. No one can be made right by God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. It just shows us how impossible it is for us to get to God on our own. Now, there are a few people who think they're not in that category. Right? There are some people who think, hey, 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 whoa, Craig. I'm a good person, all right? I always try to do the right thing. You know, I, I try to live by the golden rule. You know, I try to help other people. You know, I, I'm a good person. Well, let me just ask a few questions, all right? And you just, everybody, everybody, just be brutally honest this morning. How many of you, how many of you here today, you've ever lied or slanted the truth in a way that you knew you weren't quite telling the full truth. It was being decept- You've ever been deceptive in any way, shape, or form. My hand's in the air, real high. Okay. Um, how many of you have ever taken something that didn't necessarily belong to you? It might have been a pencil that was extra at work, you know, and they got tons of them anyway, and, you know, or, or some other stuff, uh, you know, paper or whatever, and it's like, you know, they got tons of this, they never miss it, and, and maybe uh, somebody dared you to take that candy bar when you were a kid and stuff it in your pocket and see if you could get away with it and get out the, uh, the store with it, and you made it, or maybe you didn't make it. Um, how many have ever taken something didn't really belong to you completely and you, you took that, all right? 
How many of you, now just be totally honest, I don't care if you're sitting by your spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or what, okay, how many of you have ever looked, because you can always say, baby, it was you, all right, it was before we got married or whatever. Uh, How many of you have ever looked at another human being and there was some lust in your mind? Come on, be bold, be proud, all right? All right. So the point is you're sitting around a bunch of lying, steaming, stealing, adulterous people at Crossroads Church this morning. That's what this, this is a church full of lying, deceptive, dishonest, stealing, adulterous people, right? Welcome to Crossroads. So in other words, you and I, we are wretched people. But here's the good news about seeing yourself as that deplorable, wretched person that you really are down at the root. It's because when you see that, you know you need a Savior. You need somebody who can pull you out of yourself. And here's the third thing to write down is being right with God comes by faith in Christ alone. It comes by faith in Christ alone. Look at verse 22 once again. It says, this righteousness is given, how? Through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So there, there's how it works. You believe And then it comes in to your life. See, it's not about religion. You need Christ. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand All other ground is sinking sand. How many have found that all your efforts, all your attempts to try to be good enough is all sinking sand? Right? you got to be built on the rock, and the rock is Christ. And so Jesus comes along and tells us that, yes, this is how it works. And so the thief on the cross, there's this thief right next to Jesus. Actually, there's two on each side, one of them says, hey, if you were really Jesus, why wouldn't you call down a bunch of angels and get us out of here? And the other one says, hey, don't you fear God? I think this guy is the real deal. And Jesus, would you allow me to come into your kingdom when when it comes? And Jesus said, you've got to join my church. And I don't know how you're going to do that now. You've got to come into membership. You've got to take communion. You can't even have communion here on the cross. Are you, dude, if it could just been yesterday, you could have got baptized, you know, and especially in the Jordan River, you know, that's when you really baptize, right? And so, you know, if, if you just come yesterday, Is that what he said? No. He said, this day 
This day. Not, not, not if you could only work hard enough and if you could only let your good outweigh your bad and here you are in your last breath, give me a break. Lived it up, did what you wanted to do, been your own God all of your life, and, all, and now you get down to the wire, and now you're going to call out, oh yeah, no thank you. But no, Jesus, full of grace, full of mercy, full of love, full of of God, the one true God, not Pharisee, not religion, not church world, not whatever. The one true living God says today, the one voice that matters, not the preacher's voice, not the priest, not the pope, not anyone else, but the one voice that really matters most that you'll stand before one day, that voice matters. And that voice said, today you'll be with me in paradise. That's grace, right? (laughs) That is amazing grace. See, that's why I believe most people aren't rejecting Jesus. They're just rejecting the Jesus they've seen. They're just rejecting the Jesus that's been wrongly represented to them through rules and more rules and more rules and more religion. And religion has complicated what God intended to make simple. And so the good news is we've sinned. Jesus died for it. And God forgives it. That's the good news. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's not about you being perfect. It is all about Jesus. Religion tends to complicate with laws, but Jesus comes along and he simplifies with love. A woman was caught in an act of adultery and brought to Jesus, and they said, here's what the law says. She should die. And Jesus says, okay, let the one who's been without sin throw the first stone to stone her. There was only one person there that had the authority and the perfection to be able to throw a stone. But what does he do? He says, go and sin no more. I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. I could I have the authority, I have the right, I have the ability, but I won't do it. How many of you have ever played Monopoly before? You ever played Monopoly? I mean, I've had some marathon Monopoly. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, you got to have some time, don't you, if you're going to play Monopoly. That ain't like a five-minute game, you know. It's not like, hey, come over for a few minutes and play Monopoly. That's like... Come over and spend a week, you know? Spend the night or something to, to play Monopoly. But one of the cards, I mean, no, you can land on certain spots on that game and you'd have to draw a card, right? And one of the cards that I would hate to draw, especially early in the game, is this card right here. Can you see it? Yeah, they'll put it up on the screen. That's it. Go to jail. 
And not only go to jail, but do not pass go. I don't care if you're two spaces away or whatever. Do not pass go. Do not collect 200. You're not, you, nothing, Jack, all right? You just get to jail is what you do right now. And, and you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's early in the game. And, and you're sitting in the jail, and everybody's buying up New York Avenue, you know? <laughs> and they're, they're buying, you know, the B&O Railroad, and you wanted that one so bad because you wanted to own all four. How many know what I'm talking about? You can feel the pain right now, right? You know, and you're like, oh, man, you know, and you're trying to roll and get out of there, and, you know, you, nothing, nothing, nothing. You're just sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, and, 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 and there's nothing you can do except, except if you had landed on a certain space a little bit earlier and had drawn a different card. How many know what I'm talking about? Uh, another card that says, get out of jail free, right? Get out of jail free. And, and, and you could have that card, and if you had that card, then you say, whoa, no, mm-mm, no, not me. No, because I'm by North Carolina Avenue, Right? I'm heading over. I got to complete my set here. I got to get the B&O Railroad, you know. I got I to gotta, I gotta land on all of this. And, and so what happens is in life is every one of us is born with this card. Every one of us. Because we just said a while ago, we're nothing but a bunch of lying, deceitful, corrupt Sinful individuals. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all, we all deserve to sit in that prison. We all deserve what, we, what our sins would tell that we should get. But instead of getting what you deserve, instead of getting what should come your way, instead of getting that, God comes along with another card and he says, no, I've got grace, I've got mercy, I've got love, I've got forgiveness for you, and I like what the old preacher said. He, he said he doesn't just save to the uttermost. He saves to the guttermost. Amen? Right? He say, saves to the guttermost. How many can say he saves clear down to the guttermost? He saves when you are so far down that you think no one would love you, care for you, that there is no God in the universe who would ever accept you back because of what you've done, how far you've gone. But in the midst of your sin and in the depths and deprivation of your poor, stupid, ignorant choices that you've made 
In the midst of all of that, there is an arm of grace and mercy and love that came down deeper than where you were and lifted you out of that place. And today, that same grace has saved you maybe five years, five months, five days ago, still keeps you and lifts you every day of your life. Woo! See, it's not complicated. It's not complicated. And if you're here today and you wonder why we get a little bit excited, some of us who have been safe for a long time, we ought to be calmed down by now, right? You know, it's like, when when did you get saved? When when did you become a Christian? 19 what? (laughs) Seriously. And, and you're still excited? You're still, that's because you don't have to tell me to raise my hands. You don't have to tell me to clap my hands. You don't have to tell me to shout. You don't have to tell me to sing. You don't have to tell me to stand. You don't have to tell me to do anything because there's something inside of me that knows that there is one who is worthy of all the praise, honor, and glory. It's not because of me and my goodness and what I've done and how good of a person that I've been and how I try to be on my best day. I am a failure on my best day. I don't deserve to go into a place of perfection and holiness with a holy, incredible God. But in my weakness, he is strong by his amazing grace. How sweet the sound. He saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And I can't help but praise him. I can't help but shout. I can't help but get excited because of what he has done for me. If he's done that for you, give him a praise right now. Hallelujah. You see, when you know that it's not you, when you know that it's not by your goodness. And, and let me tell you something. You don't want to be graded on a curve. You, you, you know, there could have been somebody a little bit better than you, you know. Didn't, didn't you hate that in school when you had that smart kid in your class and they're grading on the curve? Like, seriously, why does he have to be in my class? You know, he'll get it perfect. Skew the whole thing. But let me tell you something. God comes down and says, nah, it's not about the curve. It's not about a line I'm going to draw and you just missed it. Even if your line are, are hanging next to me and in your last breath cry out for grace, I have enough grace. I have enough Mercy, I have enough love to reach down in the dying breath of your life and rescue you. The good news today is you don't have to wait till then. 
You don't have to wait till then. You can accept it today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the amazing grace. Oh, how sweet the sound that can save somebody like me. Lord, I thank you that through your grace today there is more than enough for everyone in this place and anyone in this place. And Lord, may each of us who know your grace live full of it, full of joy, full of love, full of mercy in our lives. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I want to point the way. I want people to know God's grace, to know God's mercy because of the mercy that he's shown to me because of the grace that he's poured out in my life. I want to be a reflector of the grace, mercy, and love of my awesome Redeemer, my Savior, my Lord. How many are like that and you just raise your hand and say, yes, I want God to use me this week to show the way to somebody else. I want his grace. I want his mercy to be shown in my life. Father in heaven, we thank you that as we raise our hand to you, that you're reaching down to us to empower us with even more of your grace, more of your mercy, more of your love, so that we can love others in the way that you'd have us to love them, so that we can help lead them to you. And God, I know there are a lot of people today who have a misconception about who you are, and I pray that we'll clear that up through the way that we live, through the way that we talk, through everything about us. May we be agents of grace to those around us. Maybe you're here today, others of you, and you'd say, Craig, I'm one of those people that needs God's grace. I, I didn't even know. Maybe you came in here today. You didn't even know that was what it was all about. You thought you had to join a church. You, and I'm not asking you to join Crossroads at all. Joining Crossroads won't get you to heaven. What will get you to heaven and what will get you through God's presence is God himself. And that's why he gets all the glory. He gets all the praise because it's all about him and his work that he starts in your life. And he can start that work right here, right now, today, if you'd allow him to. And if you'd like for that to happen, will you just raise a hand and say, yes, it's me. Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand. How many others? over here God bless you how many others today you'd say yeah I need that grace and mercy in my own life alright several have raised a hand so let's pray this prayer say dearly heavenly father thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross for me to pay for my sin today I accept you as my rescue my payment for all of my sin. As much as I know how, I commit my life to you. Thank you for coming in and accepting me as a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, let's welcome those who prayed that prayer.